Welcome to Vineyard 61's weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired, challenged, and encouraged by this week's speaker. For previous messages, go to our website, vineyard61.org, or subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. Uh, my name is Ruth Allier-Dugdale. Uh, my family and I are part of this church here in Balham. We have three kids, and our last one came just eight weeks ago. So if you think I look good, it's because you're right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we are here today because we're doing a series on uh, the people of the Old Testament. And I have the privilege this morning to talk about Ruth. Um, So if you are joining us online, uh, you are most welcome as well. So obviously, as you might have noticed, um, this is also my name, yeah? So this is a story that I was told um, quite a lot of time growing up. Um, My mum was not a Christian when she named me that, um, but she read the story and she liked it, and I ended up being called Ruth. Um, But I would say probably it's in the last few years that... I've learned to look at the book of Ruth and find it a source of wisdom in how to honor God and honor other people in maybe more complex relationships, but also how there are moments in your life where it defines you a little bit, yeah? It defines a bit your faith and who you are, and that's what happens in in the book of Ruth. So let's pray. I need the prayer. We all need the prayer. Let's pray. Yeah, God, I I thank you that um, you are a God of grace. You love us. You care for us. You forgive us. You redeem us, Lord. Lord, I pray that um, as we look at this story, um, would we see something of you? And would we hear what you have to say to us? Amen. Amen. So... Interestingly, I had never really clicked this, but there are only two books in the Bible that are named after women. And, you know, I've probably read the Bible for quite a while, became a Christian when I was seven, and um, I had just never clicked that. So there's two books, and that's the book of Ruth, and that's the book of Esther. And actually, in Battersea, there's um, Josie speaking on Esther today, so... There we go. Um, So on my side, we have the story of Esther. And the story of Esther is this young Jewish woman who's got this massive call over her life, yeah? And she becomes the queen of Persia. And on the other side of that, we have the story of Ruth, which is, you know, the story of a very normal family, yeah? A normal family who are trying to navigate in their faith loss and trials and are trying to honor God through it, in their relationships, and in how they deal with the pain of it all, yeah? And so, you know, when we become Christians quite often, we're like, God, I love you, I want to to do this big thing for you. So we like the story of Esther, yeah? We're inspired by it, we're like, I'm a queen inside, yeah, I love it, yeah? But probably... For most of us, um, our lives will look a little bit more like Ruth, you know, walking faithfully with God and trying to honor him in what we build, yeah? And, and that's okay. You know, what that book shows us is that it's okay. Because if there's one thing that I hope you remember of this, um, outside of my French accent, yeah, 
is that no matter what comes our way, whether it's big, yeah, like Esther, or whether it's very ordinary, yeah, we have a God who is pursuing us with his love again and again and again to redeem us. Yeah? We have a God who is pursuing us with his love to redeem us again and again. So let's look a little bit at the background, because uh, we, we like a bit of background. We feel like we understand the book better when we look at the background. So the book of Ruth, it starts, um, it happens, sorry, in the time of Judges. And the time of Judges is quite a dark time for the people of God, yeah? They are in the promised land, and they live with all the promises that are in the promised land, yeah? And then they have this series of judges who, you know, vary in quality, yeah, vary in quality in terms of their leadership. And what happens is that you have a level of um, distrust in the leadership, yeah, that starts to start to happen within the people of God. And there's national disunity, and there's a lot of questioning of our morals, yeah. And so the verse that comes back again and again in Judges and really captures well the feeling of the time is in those days there was no king in Israel and everyone did what was right in his own eyes. So it's quite a dark time for the people of God. And then we have this story of Ruth that made it into a book in the Bible and we're wondering, you know, what is it about this story that is significant for the people at the time and that is significant for us today, yeah? And first of all, it's a story about people, yeah? That's something we can relate to. We've got key, three key characters, Ruth, Naomi, and Boaz. Do you say Boaz or Boaz? Boaz? Okay, we'll go for Boaz. Okay, Boaz. Um, so today we'll look at, um, we'll focus a little bit on the journeys of Naomi and Ruth, okay? And please, please feel free to go and read a bit more. Um, I found a couple of resources quite helpful. So this is a commentary that is really good in terms of balance in theology and application. And then the series of preach from Tim Keller um, on Ruth that is really good and other women. Um, so yeah, please do go away and read a bit more. So let's do a bit of a summary of the book so you kind of get the whole picture. So the story, it starts with a famine. There's a famine in the Promised Land, and Elimelech, Naomi, and their sons, um, they leave Bethlehem, and they go to Moab, yeah? And when they get to Moab, at some point within that time, Elimelech and the two sons, they die, yeah? And that leaves Naomi and her two daughters-in-law, two daughters Orpah and Ruth, um, behind, yeah? Orpah and Ruth, they are Moabite women, and and Naomi obviously is Jewish. So at that point, Naomi, she hears that the Lord has been providing help to his people, yeah? And she clings to that news and she decides to go back to Bethlehem. And she tells her daughter-in-law, you go back home, you know, you go back to your people, to your family, where you'll have better chances to survive and have a good life. And Orpah leaves, and Ruth stays and clings to Naomi, and she says those verses that are very central. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. 
Then Naomi gets it. She understands Ruth is not going to let go. They go to Bethlehem. And Naomi, she tells the woman there, because she, she, she and the woman of the town, they seem to be talking. And she said, don't call me Naomi, which means pleasant. Call me Mara, which means bitter. Because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. Ruth ends up working in the, in the fields of Boaz. And one thing to another, they marry. They have a baby called Obed, yeah? And then the woman say to Naomi, because she's got a gang of ladies, praise be to the Lord who this day has not left you without a guardian redeemer. In other words, who has sent someone to save you, yeah? Beautiful story. We love it. There's love, there's struggle, a bit of commitment, there's a baby at the end. It works, yeah? It works. We see where that's going, okay? So let's look at uh, Naomi. Okay, Naomi, she's got one big moment in this story. And that big moment is that in the depths of her pain, she reaches out to God. Yeah? At the beginning of this story, we see that Naomi and her family, they face a famine in the promised land, and they go to Moab. Now, you know, it's important to understand a bit the context here, because it's not like me leaving France, coming to England, marrying Joshua, and coming to this church, yeah? This is not like that, yeah? Because in that context, they leave the temple. And the temple, that's where God's presence dwells, yeah? So when they leave Bethlehem because of the famine, not only do they turn away from God's presence, but they also turn away to some degree um, from who they are in God, and they look elsewhere. Yeah, they look elsewhere, and you know, as a consequence of that, well, they experience some degree of spiritual loss and spiritual distance from God. Yeah, and it's in that context of distance from God that Naomi faces, you know, the tragedy of losing her husband and her two sons, and understandably, uh, she's struggling, you know, she's struggling. And you can see, she says, calls me Mara, bitter. That pain, it becomes, um, becomes a part of her. It becomes her new name. So this is gut-wrenching loss. But, you know, on the top of that, she's also struggling to make sense of it in God. Yeah, those things, they, they, they bring questions about God, don't they? They bring questions about faith. And in her own ways, she sort of interprets the situation as the Almighty has made my life very bitter. Yeah? But here comes her big moment. In the depths of her pain and her bitterness, with all her unresolved questions, and in the context of spiritual distance from God, she still reaches out to God. Yeah? in her pain, in her unresolved questions, and when feeling far away from God and his people, she reaches out to God. And that's big. You know, if you've ever found your place, yourself in a low, low place, this is not always the, the first step that comes to mind. Yeah? So she hears about God helping his people, and she clings to the news, and she decides to go to Bethlehem. And in the text, 
The Hebrew word used there is shub. I'm not really sure how you pronounce it. So it might be shub, but uh, we'll go with shub. And um, it's the old, in the Old Testament, um, is the word um, used to say, to, to, uh, it's the main word for turning back to God's covenant to receive grace and mercy. So Naomi, without having everything figured out, without being in a better place, yeah, she turns back to God. She recognizes um, her need of a savior, and she clings to the hope that maybe God is still at work in her life. Yeah? And that is a big moment. That is a big moment, and that's the turning point of the story. That is what triggers everything else. And maybe we can, you know, we can relate a bit to, to that because in the last few years, you know, many of us have experienced loss in some ways. Um, I've started to maybe have questions about faith and that in the context where, you know, connecting with church was difficult, yeah? So maybe, you know, that journey that Naomi had, it's also a bit of our journey and it's a, a reminder that, we can come to God wherever we are at and with all our stuff. Yeah? And what we see is that in doing so, Naomi, she's met with God's love again and again and again through Ruth. Ruth follows her, Ruth provides for her, Ruth gives her a new family and a new son. And so God is journeys with Naomi through roof, and one step at a time, he restores her, he gives her new life, and the darkness that comes with trials and that comes with grief, it does not consume her. Yeah? That is so powerful. It does not consume her, and it's not the end of her story. Yeah? And so God takes her from that place of bitterness to a place of praise when the women around say, praise be to the Lord who sends someone to save you. So can we see, like, God's heart here? Like, this is a God who is pursuing his people with his love to redeem them, wherever they're at with all their stuff. You know, that's an amazing God. And then that leads us to Ruth's big moment. So Ruth's big moment is that out of love, she commits to God and his people. So when Naomi tries to send Ruth back, yeah, it's a bit of a defining decision for Ruth because it will define her faith, who she is, and who she wants to become. Yeah? So Ruth, she's grown to have some faith in the God of the Jewish people. That's a bit of a debated point in theology, and so feel free to find your place of, uh, of agreement here, but let's go with that, yeah? And so going to Bethlehem as a Moabite, yeah? What does it mean for her? It means becoming a widow and a foreigner. And you know, as a woman who is in the foreign land, sometimes this product is not appreciated, yeah? <laughs> sometimes, you know. But being a foreigner is not always as easy as it seems. So, for her, it means more vulnerability and more alienation, potentially some racism, and less chance to have a good life, yeah? It's costly, 
It's costly for Ruth to go back, yeah? But it also means holding on to God, holding on to her faith, and holding on to Naomi, the people of God, in a time of crisis, rather than return to what's familiar and comfortable. And that's her big moment, you know. And that's when she says, where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. That's big. I think Tim Keller says, um, explains that in that moment. She basically says to Naomi, I will do the right thing towards you. I will be obedient before God, whatever comes my way. And may God judge me ever so severely if I waver even a little bit from doing the right thing for you, Naomi, before him. This is a defining moment for Ruth, yeah? This is big. This is not something you say to your girlfriend every time you see you have a cup of coffee. This is a big moment, you know. She commits her life to be defined by love and obedience to God. Yeah? She commits her life to be defined by love and obedience to God. She says, love and obedience to God will shape who I am, who I become, and the decisions I make. And out of that place, she accepts the cost of following God. But here's the thing that is even more amazing about this verse and about her commitment, yeah? If you actually study the language a little bit deeper in there, it is written to remind us of God's very own commitment to his people, yeah? When he says in Exodus, I will take you as my people and I will be your God. Through Ruth, God is reminding us that he's a loving God who is committed to us. Yeah? And what we see is that after God honors her sacrifices, you know, he, she's met with favor, and through Naomi's little matching ways, you know, he restores her even further. He restores her even further. They get married, and they have a baby called Obed. Yeah? And Obed ends up being the father of Jesse, who is the father of King David. And Ruth, she becomes part of, the, of Jesus' family line, yeah? This is massive, yeah? Little Ruth was gleaning in the field, mm? yeah? And this story, it's, um, you know, it's a reminder that our lives are not small. They are not small in God, because God is at work in the big and in the very ordinary and his ways are higher than our ways, yeah? When, um, when I was writing this talk, um, the, the person that really came to mind is our beautiful mama of three, Brittany Mayer, that you can see here. And I've got permission from her to share this, so, so good, so good, guys. Um, so Brittany, um, She's been a massive encouragement to me when we joined V61 by being uh, so approachable and relatable and honest and, you know, just in becoming a really good, a good friend who is caring and mature and supportive, yeah? Even yesterday, she sent me a voice message saying, I'm praying for you for tomorrow. Uh, so, it, you know, she's wonderful. 
And Josh and I, when we, when we came, we'd experienced a bit of loss relationally. I think in the last few years, parenting and pandemic, you know, a lot of our relationships had changed. And for me, there was, there was grief, you know, there was sadness about it. And meeting Brittany, this is when I'm going to cry a little bit. <laughs> but, you know, it, it brought a bit of healing to me. It did. And it really felt like a good thing. Yeah. Oh, the voice gets all squeaky, doesn't it? <laughs> it's really horrible. Um, and, and, you know, that's because God is doing things through, through Brittany. And he's shaping her and he's drawing people to her. And, oh, guys, you should see her. I tease her about this. When she walks into Balaam, it's like, it's like Brittany is in her hood. She knows everyone. Everyone is like, hey, Brittany, hey, Brittany. And they're all good-looking, yeah? And they're all good-looking. So I work with her. I'm like, oh, I made it into the good-looking gang. Um, but, you know, God, God is doing things through her because she, she creates a safe space in, because of what he's doing in her. And... And that's not small. That's not small. And you see, this story of Ruth, it reminds us that God is at work in our daily lives. Yeah? That his people, he's not forgotten them, that he's committed to them. And that he's pursuing his people with his love again and again to redeem them. And he's pursuing them to the point of sending his one and only son on the cross for us. And that's why this is also a story that is for his people at the time, but is also for all people. Yeah. In the time of Judges, the book of Ruth is a story that lifted people in a dark time. Yeah. It shows that God was still seeing them, um, that his commitment still stood, and it was pointing to a coming king. Yeah. The king David, a man after God's own heart, but ultimately to the one true king and savior, Jesus. So it's a story that is all about God's very own heart for us. His plan from the beginning to love and to redeem us, yeah? From our sin, from our brokenness, from our fears. And this work of redemption, this expression of his love, it's fully embodied in Christ and on the cross, yeah? That's where it finishes, yeah? And that's where we all start, yeah? Because in all this, and that's how we'll finish, yeah? He's calling us, you know, he's pursuing us, like he did for Naomi, like he did for Ruth, so that we can come to him with our burdens, with our loss, with our trials, and be redeemed and restored, and confident that his spirit is in us, and that his victory on that, on that cross is final, yeah? So, let's stand, guys. We're gonna pray, and we're gonna have the worship band coming back up, please. Yeah, God, I, Lord, I thank you that you are a God who does not give up on us, Lord. You are a God who pursues us, who loves us, who restores us and redeems us, Lord. 
and use us to bless and build other people around us, Lord. Lord, I pray that this morning we would come again to you, Jesus, the one who is lowly and gentle in heart, Lord, and that we will lay our burdens and our trials and, and reach out to a God who is committed to love us. Amen. We're going to have a bit of um, a worship time, but uh, we'll also have a bit of respond. And um, when I was praying during, for this talk, the main thing I felt was that we all need to reach out to Jesus. You know, we all need to reach out to Jesus. And so there's a chance um, today to just come to Jesus wherever we're at with our stuff or even when we've done all the right things, yeah? Because he's committed to love us and to restore us. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another life-giving message from one of our Vineyard 61 speakers.